Hello, hello, hello. I am your Rory O'Connell, hostess with the most, is Michael Munoz. And welcome to In Yo Mouth! In Yo Mouth. I'm the queen of food who's always in the mood to lick it right, lick it good, show you how to. Oh, God, that's good. I want to know what you eat from the streets to the sheets. So open wide, honey. I'm coming. In Yo Mouth. Hey there, and welcome back, folks. Once again, I am your hostess with the mostest, Munoz. <laughs> I don't even know what that was. We are in a mood today, folks. Listen, global warming is real, and New York City is falling apart. I mean, this is my home. I love it. It's the best city in the world. But I don't know what is happening here, um, especially today. Like, you know, this. Const- I think it's just waking up to a lot of construction every morning because they're building um, some luxury high-rise right across the street. So at like 6, 6.30 in the morning, it's like bam, 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 bam. And it's, it's, it's just not a joyous way to wake up. And then right before I started recording this podcast, there's construction out of my hallway and people are screaming. I don't know what's going on, but I am in a mood. But we're, I'm excited for today's episode, so I'm going to fix that all real quick, y'all. Other than that, um, global warming is real. Like, wh- how... Can someone explain to me how it was 80, deg- 80 degrees the other day in New York, and now it's 40, and there's, like, snow in the surrounding areas? I, I need a gay I need a gay weatherman. Do we think I can get Sam Champion on the podcast, and then we can, like, relate it to food, because we can talk about, like, the Farmer's Almanac or something? Wouldn't that be fabulous? Get that old queen on here? <laughs> I don't know where I'm going, but where I want to go is right into introducing today's guest who probably thinks I'm real crazy at this point. But, I mean, we all have our days, don't we? So, without further ado, please help me welcome the one, the only, Gavin Knox. Say hi. How are you doing? (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. No, thank you for giving me... Uh, time out of your very busy <laughs> celebrityism schedule these oh, days. I wish, I wish it was celebrity at this point, but I'm working on it. So who knows? Who knows? Fingers crossed, and yes. let's see what happens. Yes, and I, it's re- it's very nice to have to have that delicious accent on the pod. You know, <laughs> keep you guessing. Lots of people kind of wonder where is that from? Is that is that is that is that not? So I like well, to play a little game with them. Well, we'll play a little game too uh, uh, <laughs> later. <laughs> How are you, babe? Are you doing well? I'm good. I'm good. Just kind of taking by a long weekend. So yeah, at the um, at the end of my tether with you know kids being around longer than they should be. So I'm just kind of waiting for, to pack them off to school. Um, the show is kind of in its in its last runs. So it's the finale coming up. Um, I will I will keep quiet yeah, on we're, that. We're going to get into all of it because we need the gossip. I want all the details. I'll give you as much as I can. The workaround. Around the NDA, <laughs> yeah. but listen, Gavin, I got to do what I got to do. And before we get anywhere, in the grand tradition of in your mouth, I need to wish you Happy National Pineapple Upside Down Cake Day. Okay, that's that that, that's mouthful. pretty that's pretty good. Yeah. But yeah, pineapple cake tends to be pretty much a mouthful. But yeah, that's flashbacks of my childhood. There, my mom used to make that. 
Um, yeah. You know, there is a solid pineapple upside down cake recipe in The Joy of Cooking. Uh-huh. It's a, it's a D, it's like, just won't go wrong. No, um, uh, it's the only one I've ever made, actually. <laughs> um, and so, you know, because it sounds delicious. And it's like that, um, you know, that like wet, really crummy sort yeah. of like. But that's yeah. what you want from an upside down cake. You want that Is almost it? kind of really, 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 really moist, almost sticky. And then yeah, you we, get, like, we you like know, it the... moist and sticky, honey. <laughs> Are we still talking about food here? Hello, you're on a podcast <laughs> called In Your Mouth, so we 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 jump all right. Who knows right where on. it will go? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, this is our space, okay? Uh-huh, so, uh-huh, indeed, this isn't some rigid food podcast where we have to like be Giada De Laurentiis or Ina Garten or, <laughs> or anybody being like, well, you know, the crumb and the, and the texture and, and the fluffy egg whites really make me, right? Uh, no. No, this, yeah, this is what really happens in the kitchen in more ways yes. than one. Let's keep it moist and delicious, okay? <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, my goodness. You on this show, and we're going to talk about it soon, In Your Mouth Listeners, the show that Gavin was on, um... Uh, a cake took you out, girl. A cake took you out. Yeah, well, <laughs> I prefer to think it wasn't so much the cake that took me out. It was those darn macarons. Oh, right? you know, the, the, we'll the, get the, into the, the dreaded M word. <laughs> yeah. But oh, my goodness. Wait, later. listen. You, you held on to the last minute, and it was beautiful. <laughs> Pineapple upside down cake. Are there other, like, are there, like, peach upside down cakes and, like, berry upside down cakes? Is that I have thing? done experiments in the past where it's just generally been putting whatever you feel like in there. Bananas, peaches. Uh, a yeah. banana upside down cake. Banana upside down works really well. Those caramelized yeah. bananas. You yeah. Know, and then like, or, do they caramelize in the oven or do you have to, like, flip it and then brulee them? No, you basically carry it. I've done it where I've carried it out the same as a pineapple upside down. So you they caramelize within the cake, within the oven. So it's almost like a, a slight twist on a banana's foster, almost. Yeah, or almost like the way you make flan, where yeah. you like burn the sugar on the yeah, bottom and, first. And, and, then and then put the fruit in on top, and then your cake layer in that on top of that. Good. So, yeah, I tend to, I mean, I don't know if you know by now, but my approach tends to be, okay, that's the way it's done originally, but let's, let, let's flip that on its head and see yeah. what else we can, we can put in there, see what we can play with. Yeah, you know, it's like Missy Elliott once do. said, flip it and reverse exactly, it. Yes. Exactly, and keep people guessing, you know, I they're in the kitchen. You know what, to hell with pineapple upside down cake day. I want banana <laughs> upside down cake. I will keep it coming. I'll keep you guessing with them. Okay. So All right. Well, you banana? know what? No matter what you celebrate out there, whether it's pineapple upside down cake day, banana upside down cake day, or I don't know, anything <laughs> that's anything that's moist and sticky. Today exactly. we celebrate you. <laughs> and moving right along to this day in gay history, because why the hell not? Uh, did Gavin, did you know that in 1962, Illinois became the first state in the U.S. to decriminalize homosexual acts between two consenting adults in the privacy of their own homes? Oh, there we go. That's one of those little tidbits that we can reserve for later. So food, yeah. it's, it's educational as well. Yeah, I mean, and we're trying to keep our history alive and mm-hmm. also yet another week of shouting out our, our Ukrainian brothers and sisters out there 
fighting for their lives, fighting for their homes. Uh, we wish you well. We think we're thinking of you, and um, we stand with you on this day for sure. Exactly. I think it's uh, it's very easy in in this day and age, you know, post pandemic, to kind of get caught up in our own little bubbles and trying to get our own lives back on track. But I think we I think we still need to keep in mind there are other people out there going through stuff that's so much worse. And, uh, you know, it kind of puts things in perspective, really. Absolutely. Absolutely. I saw some man have a meltdown at the juice generation the other day because his juice wasn't. And I Uh. I, I, I turned around (laughs) to this woman. I said, if he curses at these people one more time, I I, it's on. We're Uh, stepping in. You know, let's get some perspective here. And, you know, honestly, (laughs) honestly, I went to the store to get something for my employer the other day. And it, everything was going wrong, and they were so apologetic, and they were like, "Oh my God, we're so sorry." We're so, and I was like, "Y'all, it's fine. It didn't work today. This isn't urgent. I can come back." Right? Tomorrow's another day. It's, I was like, "Yeah, it's frustrating, but whatever. Hmm. Everything's going to be okay." Right? <laughs> <laughs> so yes, it's it's all about putting things into perspective, and yes, handling handling our own business and getting our lives and our minds, and you know in the right place, but also recognizing, you know, that there's bigger things out there that like are really, really important that we need to stand with and stand for and stand behind. And, yeah, you know, exactly. and every week I preach, you know, just paying it forward, doing something nice for, mm. nice for somebody and, you know, creating that. Absolutely. Um, I think even, you know, no matter how small the step, it's still a baby step in the right direction. Yeah. You know, rather than doing nothing or rather going in reverse, if you if you have that in mind and you're doing your bit, well, then if everybody does their bit, all of those efforts together, you know, who knows what we could achieve. Absolutely. Absolutely. And um, plug plug for me. Sorry, because I forgot (laughs) to mention this at the beginning, but this is right on topic. Um, I've hired out my girl, my good graphic designer girl um, who's really, really busy these days. So hopefully he can come out and we can do this. But I'm hoping to come out with um, some pride merch, y'all, some pride merch, one of which will benefit, you know, some sort of food bank that helps LGBTQ people like God's Love We Deliver, or maybe can go to Ukrainian aid. I haven't figured out the logistics yet because I need to make sure I can get this out on time and then get it out to the masses so you all can get it in your hands on time. Very nice. Um, And it's going to be cute. It's going to be cute. And because, you know, I love to put out a shirt that's wearable, you know. Uh So small plug, but a plug in on the the topic of trying to give back and, you know trying uh, on the topic of like one person can make a difference you know what i mean yeah and with that i want to get to the getting on right y'all because in your mouth listeners if you don't know but you probably already do gavin knox a gay dad of two is toronto's very own award-winning baker writer and food collaborator that finished fourth in the semifinals of Food Network Canada's Great Chocolate Showdown. Sorry, spoiler alert, but I've been telling you y'all since Evan Newfer was on that you had to watch the show. So if you haven't caught up, 
It's not my fault. Selected from thousands across Canada and the U.S., Gavin was one of 10 home bakers to go head-to-head in the indulgent world of chocolate, vying for the grand prize of 50000 Canadian dollars in a range of creative and exciting chocolate-based challenges. Gavin has previously been featured on Global TV News, on Super Bowl Entertaining and Foods, and has been featured in the Guardian's travel section discussing the best places to eat in Ontario. Ooh. In the UK, his previous home until five years ago, Gavin Guest appeared on the daytime show Mel and Sue, hosted by the original presenters of the Great British Bake Off, baking one of his signature unexpected flavor combinations, limoncello frosted blueberry, black garlic, and coriander seed cupcakes. Mmm. In 2014, he walked away with the Guardian slash Observer Food Monthly Award for his quirky brownie recipe featuring chocolate-covered streaky bacon. Gavin has worked with the likes of confectionery company Hope and Greenwood, uh, Station Cold Brew Coffee, and Red Tape Brewery, delivering tailor-made recipes. Yes, and... That proves I can... That was a mouthful. That that, that was a mouthful. So, you know, kudos to you for doing that. Woo! You know, and I practice these things, but like... You know what I mean? That required breast control just to Uh, keep going. Yes, talk about gay food liberty, y'all. Gay food liberty. What was your biggest takeaway, now that I've spoiled the whole thing for for the listener, but I think you, y'all out there, should still go find it on however you can, streaming, um, you know, Food Network Canada's uh, Great Chocolate Showdown because it is, there is a whole lot of queer excellence on the show for sure. What was your biggest takeaway from the show? I think the biggest one I had was, like a lot of people going into a competition like that, you expect it all to be about, okay, I'm here, it's, it's not great chocolate sorority or great chocolate friendship. Um, and it's about the competition. And what actually happened was we, there were members of it who really got close and we really got together. There was some really tight bonds formed, but it wasn't at the sacrifice of what we were there to do. We managed to keep that fine balance of supporting each other and propping each other up and helping each other out, but also with, okay, I'm here in this competition. I'm going to deliver my best without being too cut cutthroat about it you know i i love that you just said this ain't no rupaul's best friend race <laughs> but yeah it, 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 it was surprising it snuck up and you kind of realize then oh my god you know this person is having a tough time or they've had a tough day and you you end up you know spending time with them and kind of just being there even if it's just to for them to decant to you about the shit that they're going through um because it's it's an extremely weird environment where you're thrown in with nine other complete strangers. You're away from your friends and family. And I guess I was lucky because I live in Toronto and I was still in familiar surroundings. But the rest of the bakers, they, it was all completely new to them. And that can be really disorientating, especially when you're in a high-pressure environment. So to have those people that you can literally just kind of go, I don't know what's going on. I don't know how I'm going to get through this. You know, and just have that 
bleh, that verbal diarrhea with about how you you know just need to talk issues through. That's actually, that was actually really good, and yeah, that was my main take out of it. There were some really solid friendships that I have with people. Um, I love that. I love that. Yeah. Um, who do you think is going to take it home? Mm, I, I, you know what? The th- people that are left in the finale, I'm happy with whoever takes it home because I'm close to the three of them. Um, they're all it's, massively talented. It's Evan, it's... Um, Evan, Bree, and Miley. Yes, Evan, Bree, and Miley. Yeah. And that Miley, would you agree? Let's gossip a little. Would you agree that Miley <laughs> keeps... Somehow getting saved when you think she's she's going home. She always every week. pulls it out of the bag, and I think that that's testament to her talent. You know, it, it's it's a situation where she could so very easily crumble and just kind of go, "I can't do this. I don't want to do this anymore. I'm just going to throw in the towel." But she sticks with it, and she's she's amazing when it comes but to no. Every I'm week, gonna- every week, I'm like, "Oh, she's going home, and she's in the bottom." But nope. <laughs> They like they're like nope we're gonna we're gonna push you through girl right? I was like hmm what's happening here <laughs> she's amazing though I love her debates I love all the debates you know as I said we we formed really close friendships and it was a hard time I think with the top five of us because we were all close. And it was that dichotomy of I don't want to see them go no why do they have to go and then it's like but they have to go because that means then I stay. You know, it, it's yep. that conflicting set of emotions there. But it was... So who's going to win? Somebody fantastic is going to win. <laughs> nice, nice way of trying to trick me out of that. But, you know, you've only got... Well, <laughs> I've only got another night to wait before I can officially start saying it to people. But it, right. it's, been, my, it's been a journey. My money's on Evan. I'm, <laughs> I'm just going to say it and not because he... I love him and he's been on the show and you can, in your mouth listeners, you you can go back and listen to Evan Morgan Newfer's episode. He was fantastic as well. But um, no, after watching, that's where my money would be. Mm -hmm. You know, I I would, I would put money on Evan as well. But, you know, know? again, as somebody that's been there and somebody that's been through it, it's, I'm torn really with it. I I have conflicting emotions. It's like Sophie's choice. (laughs) These competition shows are next level because once that clock starts, anything can go wrong. And because of the legality of it all, as someone who may or may not have been part of a competition show and still can't talk about it, um, allegedly, um, you know, because of the legality of it all, once that clock starts, they can't stop. And whatever goes wrong... Yep. You're at their mercy. You're at the mercy of that, in this case, the big teal clock, which, you know, is up on the wall, is counting it down, and bizarrely seems to operate to its own time frame. I've never had two and a half hours go by so quickly. But yeah, yeah, once it starts, that's it. All bets are off, and you better hope that the gods are smiling on you. I mean, as somebody who, who had things go wrong... It's kind of like, oh, shit, what am I going to do? How can I pivot? What can I do? And you have, you know, hundreds of emotions and thoughts going through your head and you're trying not to look like Bambi caught in headlights. It's, it's, a, it's a situation that no regular human being ever, I don't think, I can't think of another situation in life where the kind of thinking and reacting that you have to do is similar. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because once something goes wrong, you're not in your own kitchen. You you are limited to whatever is around you. 
the you have to think really quickly. Yeah, completely on your feet. Completely. On your feet, and if it will work, and if you have enough time to do it, and... And let's well, not forget the camera crew. <laughs> yeah. You know, that they is are like, up in your face and you're kind of thinking, okay, I don't have time for this right now. I, like, I need to get on with this. Yes. But yeah, right? you have to, it, it's, as I say to people, it's a bit like being a duck on water. You know, you, you're on top, you're, you're going, you're still going, but beneath you're pedaling like crazy and you just have to try and get something together, get it. Yeah, keep going with it or else it's, you know, the fear sets in and then before you know it, you're standing stock still there, yeah. which you don't want. Where does the love of baking come from? For me, it's it's complete my mom. Um, my memories of childhood are very rooted in the kitchen, being a, an infant in the kitchen, watching her, not knowing what she was doing at the time, but knowing that it would end up in something delicious. Um, and yeah, it's completely rooted in that and I guess for me, it's it's this weird conflicting because I'm not particularly close with my family. I'm actually estranged from my family. They have an issue with the whole gay thing. And one of my big main passions in life, baking and food, comes from my family and comes from my mom. But then I have the side of me that's LGBTQ as a member of that community that is like, okay, that's conflicting with it. So... I think at the the ripe old age that I am now, I've learned 26. to yeah, twenty deja twenty six, <laughs> as I as, as I refer to it. Um, I've learned, I guess, to kind of just be at peace with that and go, okay, that's as bad as that was and bad as it is. That kind of lends itself to some of the good characteristics in my well, life and absolutely. You know, but um, yeah, my love of food is completely rooted in my mom. I. I thought was she was amazing um with the stuff she could pull out in the kitchen and do in the kitchen and especially with minimal ingredients you know there was some fast and fantastic bakes and food that she did and i've learned to kind of take that and now that i'm a parent myself use that and use that kind of almost intuition within the kitchen yeah 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 absolutely and we actually see it on television too that depression era cake you made with the vinegar and yeah the, with the vinegar it, it the water, kind of right? it, it makes people do a double take because they think that's a bit of a glum name for it and right? like okay th- this is where it comes from it's from the era it's not because you can eat it when you're depressed or sad you know I mean you it, could you I, could I, it, I mean it's very good it looked delicious <laughs> yeah oh it's amazing it's one of my favorite sponges and it is so so easy I mean it's literally just an all in one container mix and then bung it in the oven and away you go but yeah i'd like to i guess use things with a bit of history in them and a bit of meaning and then flip it on its head yeah 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 absolutely absolutely this is a great segue into what i always say on this podcast about how our stories matter and how we never know who's listening because you as um, a gay dad of two, right, having your own family and then getting your inspiration from your family who you are estranged from and you can talk, speak so eloquently about it. Can you speak to us about what coming out was like for you? Oh, coming, coming out was slightly comedic i will have to say at start so i I was a late bloomer um i came out when i was 20 21 22 and i can still remember the conversation with my mom vividly um it was in the kitchen of course and said to her look can you sit down i have something i want to talk to you about 
And instantly you could see the parental motherly worry come on her face going, oh, my God, what, what is it? What is it? You, you know, you've, you, you're going to move in with a girl. And I was like, no, that, that, that's not happening. <laughs> our next, our next false answer was, was even further from the truth. It was, oh, you've gotten a girl pregnant. <laughs> I was thinking, no, that's not, that's not going to happen either. And I just said, look, Mom, I, I'm gay. So I've been, and at that point I'd been in a relationship for nearly two years and that kind of answered her next question, which of course was the habitual, are you sure? You know, and it was like, all right, I've been with this guy for two years. I, I think I'm pretty sure by now, you know, and that was, I guess, where it kind of ended where the communications ended with it. Um, my parents would fit right in with the whole don't say gay bill at the moment because it was it was something that was there and they never made a big deal about it, but they never actually acknowledged it or celebrated it either. Um, my boyfriends at the time, they were always referred to as, oh, my buddy. You know, it was almost that kind of vintage code, yes. code of saying it. And it was... It got to a point where it was, okay, I need to step away from this in order to save myself, save how I feel about myself, save any possible relationship with it. And so, yeah, coming out to the rest of my family, although I did it, it had happened before because my mom had, you know, got on the phone straight away to my sister and my sister told my brothers and then before I knew it, everybody in the family knew before me even saying it to them. Um, And there was a lot of decisions made on their part of what would happen in the sense that they would just, I mean, we're talking about occasions where they would just blank me in the street. And it, it it was a tough time to go through. But, you know, as a gay man, it was that classic time of turning to chosen family and realizing, okay, there are other people out there who've experienced this. There are other people who haven't experienced it, but are still willing to, you know, support me in recognizing that this is a really traumatic time. Um, And yeah, on the whole, even with my husband and my family now, it got to a point of engaging with my family when I did and still being the ones constantly doing that effort, you know, constantly making that step and having it shut down. And hard decision to make, but it was a decision I had to make in the end to just kind of go, you know, I'm just going to cut ties because I guess the easiest way for me to say it is a bit like having an appendix. When that starts kicking off, you just whip that shit out and you have to step away from it. You have to get rid of in order to make that decision for your own sanity, safety. And for me, it wasn't just about me anymore. It was about my kids as well. I didn't want to have them in the crossfire or them questioning like, well, why is, you know, granny and grandpa not talking to you or why don't they, you know, communicate? So it was like, yeah, they understand. They're old enough now. They realize the sometimes the world can suck. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, it's a testament to to what I call the glow up, you know, in recognizing, recognizing what's good, recognizing what you need for you, and then, and then shining through that with mm. your beautiful family, with your two children, you know. And then, on top of it, going on television and representing yourself and the community in a very specific way, mm. right? Also beautifully. Yeah, that, that was one of the main... 
reasons. I had my own personal reasons for going on the show in the sense that I've always wanted to do it. And it was a lot about proving to myself that, you know what, yeah, people say I'm good at it, but am I really? Or are they just being kind and being friends and family? So there was that aspect. But a lot of me going on the show was also as part of representation. And that was as a gay parent, as a parent who had quit their professional job to become a full-time parent, as as a bear member of the LGBTQ community. And I have to say, I was really over the moon that on the program, they included what I said about that and how that was part of who I was and what I represented. And through they truffles. Com- yes, through truffles, through truffles. Not not very good way, but it was through truffles nonetheless. They were cute. <laughs> I liked them. I didn't mind that there, there was a few missing. I was like, oh, it looks nice because it, it goes with the bear theme. You see the wood. Yeah, yeah I, I was here for it. <laughs> And you won that day. More spoilers, sorry. (laughs) I'm sure they can find synopsis somewhere. But yeah, it it was actually really, really good being on the show and not feeling that I had to compromise in any way who I was or what I was about. I I went on there to represent in 100% authentically being me. And there was at no point that I had to kind of think, oh, they're not allowing me do this or they're they're telling me I can't say that or they cut certain bits out. You know, they included for me what were my kind of keystones. Yeah, and that's what I said to Evan as well was really caught me at the beginning of the show was that there were there was a broad spectrum of LGBTQ people represented mm-hmm. on the show. Absolutely. And and baking out loud. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, that, was, and it was great. It was great. Yeah, they 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 got us all together and literally just kind of let us be ourselves. You know, in so many ways, not to, through baking, through how we talked about things, who and what we represented. So it wasn't like, okay, we're just, just going to tick our LGBTQ plus box, and we have these amount of contestants, and that's where the job ends. You know, the production company behind it were one hundred percent happy to go. You you do what you do. That's why that's why you're here. Yeah, and you know what? I have been preaching this a long time too. There aren't really queer people on Food Network. Like, where are the hosts? You know, where are the the people yeah. cooking? Besides Amanda Freitag and Ted, Ted Allen, like who else is out there? Right, especially queer people of color. Yeah, right? I think there's such a danger of as I said, almost like getting the hosts in or the presenters in and that's that's thought of as being the job done. For me, what I really like is when you get to know more about them, you get to know their personality, their family, their background, and it it fleshes them out a bit more and makes them seem so much more human. And like like you keep saying, you never know who's listening. So there could be somebody out there in the audience that goes, actually, you know what, I... I relate to that person. Yeah, I and relate it's why to them. I do what I do here. You know, um, I had someone slide in, uh, slide into my DMs, a beautiful trans person talking to me about trans representation through food and how uh, some of the people who have recently been on the podcast uh, really inspired this person mm. and really uh, inspired their like want of baking and like to to show out as themselves and i mean it's why it's why i do what i do you know it, yeah. it, we are tangible people we are not the beyonce's and the 
Billy Porters and the, you know, we are people that are reachable, tangible, re- real, for lack of a better yeah, word. Yeah, it's, it's possible to I mean? make a connection there and actually get, you know, that kind of grounding in it and realize, yeah, this person gets me. It makes, and I think and, and it makes it real. It makes it absolutely real, mm-hmm. you know? And so, and it's what 100. we need. So. Thank you for sharing. And I think right now would be a great... <laughs> I am not watching the new Kardashian show, but I obviously feel like I'm on it today. You can't get away from it. Even I'm the same. I haven't watched it, but every time I open social media or look anywhere it's on the on. news, it's, it, it's not, on. Something's happening. Some, some something's happening with shown. them. And it's, it's being shoved down our throats whether we want it or not. So I've accepted it like this. Um, no, that's really annoying. And so I'm going to stop that. And we're going to take a quick break. And then I'm going to be back with Gavin. And we're going to go to my favorite part and your favorite part of the podcast. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers. But you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. Auto Trader. All right, Gavin, I think now's a great time to take you out to my favorite part and the audience's favorite part of the podcast. A little something we like to call Food News Updates. Food News. Food news. Ooh, honey, you ain't ready, girl. Spill the tea. News Updates. Restaurant offers discount to diners willing to lock their phones in jail. Oh, okay. Uh, I don't know how I'd be about that. I do love my Instagram. So, yeah, constantly papping the food. It would depend on the restaurant. The camera eats first. Always, honey. (laughs) Camera eats first, right? (laughs) Listen, I I am here for this, I think. Only mm-hmm. because, well, let's start. Thank you to Food and Wine, who's not a sponsor. But why would they be a sponsor when I just keep getting all my food news from them anyway? But I'm still going to put that out there. You know, another thing that grinds my gears today, Gavin. It's a long list today. I know. Well, it's just one of them days. Anywho, a restaurant in Kent, England, is offering to knock 20% off their customers' bills, but only if they're willing to lock their cell phones in a tiny tabletop jail cell. Diners will be given the keys to the little phone jail, but their iPhones and Androids will have to be padlocked inside for the duration of their meal. Hmm. I can, I, can, I can see where it's going with that, but there's also part of me that doesn't like being told what to do. <laughs> that rebellious side is going, okay, you've told me not to do that, but I'm just going to do it anyway. Well, I mean, listen, they give you an option. You mm. fully have the option and you have the key. Yeah, so, I guess it's, it's, a, it's a test of willpower. Right? It's not, mm. it's not you have to lock your phone up. It's just, hey, if you want a 20% discount. Um, lock your here, phone. Lock your phone <laughs> Step away. away from the phone. Step away from the phone and have like a real moment with the people mm. you came to dinner with. Mm. I, th- I think it's a fine line. I mean, I, d- I am, a, you know, conscious of. I've been out and seen people who completely just live on their phone and not just, you know, papping the food, but do their business on the phone whilst they're with their significant other or other people. And that, so yeah, that's annoying. I can get that. So I'm conflicted. Yeah. Conflicted of Toronto. 
You know what? I am conflicted that you have to offer a discount. You know, especially after the pandemic and what the restaurant industry went through. I'm thinking of this restaurant owner, but maybe he has all them or they have mm. all the money and can afford to just give discounts. Uh, Spice Fusion be- manager Rajiv Gupta told Kent Online, a couple of years ago, we had a large group come in for lunch and I noticed something was different. As I watched them, I realized they were all engaged talking to each other and none of them had their phones in their hands. So this is what gave him this idea. Mm. Um, And they're not the first restaurant to do this. London's Tea Terrace restaurants and Tea Rooms uh, debuted what it called the phone attentory, a box with a combination lock where customers could stash their devices. Um, They wanted to bring back good old conversations. The Fat Boar Pub in Wrexham, England, has also locked willing patrons' phones away. And their staffers kept the keys. Um, Bisteca in Sydney, Australia, had their digital detox program. (laughs) So there's a market there for it. There is, you know. And even a McDonald's in Singapore got in on the mini trend, installing small plastic lockers uh, where those who wanted to experience what they called a fun family play date could leave their phones during their meals. Hmm. You also kind of have to wonder, though, why does there have to be the place to lock them away? Why can't people just decide, I'm not going to do it? It's it's almost that. I think the temptation th- isn't there then, mm-hmm. you know? But, yeah, to me, to me that's, that's what raises more questions. Is it with people just kind of having to alter their mindset to go, okay, I'm not going to actually go on my phone and make the conscious decision rather than have somebody like the restaurant step in and say, no, we're going to lock it away for you. Yeah. Um, I also saw a trend a long time ago that people were doing where they would stack their phones on the table or put their phones in the middle of the table mm. and the first person to touch the phone pays the bill. <laughs> that that's a novel way of doing it i but think yeah, that's a great it, idea it, it, it depends on the party number i mean if you're there just with, with one other person that's not so bad but if you're there you know with a party of eight that's that's you, yeah. you better it better be important to touch that phone <laughs> yep and my cheap ass i'd be like good night yeah. I, I would i would throw the phone away <laughs> i'm off the grid there is yep. no you just won't get hold of me nope Sorry about it. <laughs> well, it seems like we're here for this. You know, shout out to you for like trying to make a difference in the world and trying to have, you know, people reconnect with mm. each other. You can drink at British pubs in the nude thanks to a new events company. Isn't that just like Friday night at some of the bars in, in any of the gay villages, really? I mean, <laughs> maybe like Wednesday night at the Eagle, yeah. Yeah, strap just, night. Yeah. Or uh, there is a nude party at Rock Bar here uh, some Friday nights, right? Called the Go Naked And, and what's their, does it say what their reasoning is behind it? Or is it just, this is a theme night. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, I mean, there is also in Key West for all the, my straight listeners, a shout out to you, um, or bisexual listeners, or however you identify. Um, there's, what is it called? In Key West, it's the Garden of Eden, and that's a nudist bar. Oh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Everyone is catered for. 
Right? Right? Listen. Uh, well, I mean, nothing on events bills itself as seeking to normalize naturism or naturism and social nudity whilst breaking down the negative stereotypes of media-inspired body image and encourage everybody to accept their body as is. They threw a party on March 26th at, and the... It was their inaugural event, a clothing-free gathering at the Royal Oak, a small pub outside of Guildford, Surrey. Look at that. Oh, this is just the last place I would have expected, having some experience of Guildford. But hey, maybe it's changed since I lived in the UK. Maybe. Or maybe, or maybe those old English folk wanted to... Oh yeah, I mean, having having spent some time in English, you know, countryside living, there there can be, yeah, there still waters run deep, basically. <laughs> Listen, maybe they, maybe maybe you know, grandma and grandpa wanted needed to air out the bits right <laughs> at the local pub. It's a very diplomatic way of saying it. <laughs> now these are non-sexual events. These are like just like. Just there, they happen to be drinking. They happen to be naked. So they so, happen to be naked. You know, yeah. so it's, hap- it's, it's, I guess it's not that much different. Um, to in Toronto, we have I think it's during the spring, spring summer. There's a naked bike ride, so yes. you can literally see you know a whole throngs of people cycling through Toronto and downtown Toronto, completely stark naked. Have and you participated? No, I haven't actually. I'm much more a spectator, spectator, and, and the critique. Would you not go? Would you not go to naked night at the local pub in in Guildford? Well, Guildford, Guildford, as I said, my experience of it is, uh, yeah, it's not the place I would choose to go out. To be honest, and also it's a bit of a trek from Toronto now. I have to say, so, yeah, I'd, I'd much rather just go to the Toronto Gay Village, <laughs> <laughs> hang out at Woody's. You know, yep, Woody's, of course. <laughs> I don't know if I'm here for this. You know what? Live your life. I'm here for this. I, d- I don't know if Gavin's here for this. this is what I should say. I, I'm on the fence with my clothes on. <laughs> so I guess the only thing to say is don't get a splinter. And yes. last but not least, Food & Wine magazine announced its 11 new uh, food, the next great food cities. And they've announced... The 11 of them, uh, they're American food cities here. Um, and they go like this. Cincinnati, Ohio. Boise, Idaho. P- feel free to stop me if anything like really piques your interest, Gavin. <laughs> Omaha, Nebraska. Uh, Indianapolis, Indiana. Uh, what, I mean, what was their reasoning or how did they decide these? Is there a specific criteria or is there a specific food that that they decided oh these are the ones we're going to include i think i have to say i don't have much experience of u.s cities for food other than um new york las vegas yeah they're they're, they're my two cities that yeah i think what what's happening here in my mind is that um you know, people people have moved all sorts of places during the pandemic mm. or as the world evolves and changes. And with, like, the influence of social media, I think these smaller towns or lesser visited cities right. are really, like, the people who love, love and live there mm-hmm. are really 
have taken on like why does New York have to have the best I don't know mm-hmm. uh, katsu or you know omasake or yeah. I don't know why I'm going down a very Japanese <laughs> road right now but um, you know what I mean like no, we, yeah. could do, we could do I this here it. too you know mm. like I went to Portland Maine with my mother last summer the food was ridiculous ridiculously good and I'm not only talking like lobster rolls and like oysters like any meal we had we had one mediocre meal yeah no I completely get that it's the whole thing of shining the spotlight on you know the little guy almost for lack of a better way of saying it Um, and I can get that because that was one of the reasons why I loved moving here to Toronto in when we lived in London, the food scene there was very, you had to pay through, you know, you had to pay a really high price to get good quality food. Whereas here in Toronto, you can just get it across the board. A bit like you're saying about Portland, Maine. You know, the smaller places, the food trucks, the food stands, you can get some really tasty, delicious food for, you know, not next to nothing, but for a decent, reasonable price. And it helps, I think, to have to have them recognized for that. So if that's what this list is doing, then, yeah, I'm completely here for it, you know? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, even down to Jersey City. Oh, mm. we got to take a train to Jersey City. <laughs> but, yeah, um, the kids are out there doing the thing, and, yes, these big cities, like my home, New York, uh, is our, you know, do what we do over here, but, like, you know, there's really great things happening. Tucson, Arizona is mm. on the list, and Chef Maria Maison who uh, was on the podcast as well, shout out to you, is a big, like, you know, visit Tucson advocate Mm because that's her home. And she's doing fantastic things out there with her cooking. And and so, yeah, I I love that. I'm absolutely Mm -hmm. here for this. And... You know, all the more reason to rent a Winnebago and take a road trip. To right? hit the open road. <laughs> you could do a two-on-foo and, two and end up somewhere. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, Lake Titicaca. <laughs> You know, <laughs> and with that, I think that's the best way to end food news update. <laughs> Where is Lake Titicaca? I have no idea. I'm sure once we finish here, I'll probably go off and Google it just to find out. Oh, it's in South America. Oh, all right. Okay. All right. It's uh, it straddles the border between per- Peru and Bolivia. I knew it was there a real place. There, there. <laughs> <laughs> you were just stringing words together. It, it's real. <laughs> it's real. That's right. And it may have to be the the name of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Take me to Lake Titicaca. <laughs> yes, with Gavin Knox. <laughs> are, are you finally going to let the audience know where you're actually from, born and bred? I'm originally from Waterford in Southeast Ireland. So most people know of it through water for crystal the glass that's made um sadly it's not made there anymore Uh, but yeah i was born there spent most of my life there and then i moved to the uk and met my husband there and lived there for about 14 15 years so my accent is kind of a weird hybrid between uk and soft irish and then yeah 
five, five and a half years ago, we moved here to Toronto. So I have a lot of people here who actually think I'm from East Coast Toronto. So Newfoundland, Nova Scotia, because their accent is, it's really weird. Even for me as an Irish person, it, it sounds really Irish. Um, but yeah, I've, yeah, as you can see, I've trekked around a bit. I love that. I love that. What's next for you now that you now that you finished top four? Yes, top four. I still can't believe it. it's quite surreal. A great chocolate actually. showdown. Yeah, the last. Even though, wait a minute. Wait a <laughs> what, minute. What, 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 what? Right, your gay card is in question here because you went out on a fashion challenge. <laughs> I know. Shame. On a, the the shame. 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 <laughs> I'll have to just take to the streets <laughs> with a bell. <laughs> I know of all things to go out on that. And that's why I still say it was those damned macarons that really kind of sealed the deal for me. Um, you know, Tim, that, Cut, Tim Gunn is really <laughs> is letting out a very large sigh for you. Today, yes, okay? I did not. <laughs> yeah. I did not make it work. Put it that way. <laughs> um, so next for me, I guess I want to try and capitalize on the time on the show. Um, as I mentioned on the show, having having my own book is like my first stepping stone on that dream of, you know, being one of those personalities that we talked about earlier that actually represents that is more than just, oh, yeah, they're, they're a gay, you know, food personality that people actually know more about me. And I think I'm I think from the show, people do that. You know, I'm not so much a complete stranger to them. There was every facet of my life that I presented there. My family, my husband, my engagement story, my marriage, um, me as a member of... You know, so I'm I'm hoping to kind of (laughs) just show people that, yeah, you know, here I am. And hopefully somebody will kind of recognize and go, ah, so if he can do it, maybe, you know, I can. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's fantastic. And that's all... That's all we can hope for, right? Yeah. Because you shine so brightly on the show. It's uh, such a pleasure watching you and watching, you know, just watching the show. It's it's very well done, you know? Mm, um, it's, uh, I think it surprises people by how how well done it is and how quick and how manic the pace is. I think other is. cooking shows, people are used to, oh, it's, you know, they're going to make this and they've got, whereas now it's, you have to make this and it's five minutes left and what are you doing and something's gone wrong. <laughs> oh my goodness. What's the male host's name? Steve, Steve Hodge. Chef Steve, Steve Hodge. Steve Hodge. Is Steve Hodge family? Uh, no, no, I don't think so. I, uh, I'm, with pretty, all, I'm pretty, I'm pretty certain he's not. But. With all that work though, honey. <laughs> If he's like, listening to this, he's gonna have nightmares. No, listen, it's it's all in good it's all in good fun and and love. It was said with love. But like the judges are amazing though. They're, the Joan they're, Rivers they're... of it all. I was obsessed. I was like, <laughs> oh, the shades. We have to, I'm sorry, we have to talk about it, all right? Because he he's also the he's also the first one to be like, Yeah, this was good, but it's not good enough. You know? <laughs> yeah, he's he's the I guess the the antihero, the the villain of the judging panel. You know, for lack of a better word, saying is. almost the Simon Cowell of it. You but know yes, what you said? You were good, but not Cowell. good enough. Maybe you know? maybe they made him get the work. You know, to amplify that. I it's love included it. as part of the package. You know, to <laughs> just amplify like the you have to be the, the somewhat of the villain judge here. The austere look. <laughs> yeah, when he asks, "Is it in temper?" and 
Yeah, holds it up to his ear. Uh, yes. And I'm like, Are you, really, Queen? Really? <laughs> Shout out to you, Steve Hodge. We're, we love you. <laughs> oh, my goodness. No, I'm just sitting there watching the show, and I'm like, who is this person? You know, I love an yeah. interesting, I love an interesting character. You know, that's definitely a draw on anything I watch. That's, I yeah. think it's why I watch a lot of the housewives because they're also, a lot of them are so like quirky and interesting and pulled and prodded. And it's like, what are you, what is happening here? Yeah. What's you going know? on? What's, what's your story? What are you yeah. about? And why yeah. are you about it? Yes. Right. And and he's yeah. one of these people that I'm like, I want to know more. <laughs> <laughs> he does actually do another show on the Canadian network here. Um, it's not a competition show, though. So he is on Canadian TV. Maybe you could track him down that way online. You know, be, be, become his official stalker. Uh, no, I don't have time. I, bar- I barely have time. For me and my life. (laughs) And I don't even have two kids, okay? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Parenthood. That's 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 another facet altogether. Yeah. How old are your kids? They're 13 and 14, so oh. I'm right hitting the the wonderful era of hormones and, yeah, all of I've that going on. gotten to the on. slamming of the doors, and I Oh, we, we've had that. We've had the slamming of the doors. We've had the moods. We've had the, I don't want to wear that. I want to wear this. And, yeah, I find myself now saying things in that caricatured way of being a parent of you're not going out like that. You know, and it's, <laughs> it, it, yeah, I have to check myself. But yeah, we're firmly in the moody teenage phase now right. of, of, of where there is an opinion on everything. Yeah, yeah. Well, but you know hey, what? keeps me on, on my feet. I love that. What's the, before we close out, what's your, what's your secret to parenthood or parenting? Um, a communication. And I know that sounds really, really corny and cliched, but it's so easy to get wrapped up in second guessing scenarios, second guessing opinions, second guessing yourself. So yeah, communication with your significant other, if you have one, and communication with the kids. And I think the kids is a really hard one to get a hand on because it's like you're coming from two different worlds with it. And it's very easy just to for each other to write the other one off and just go, I'm not interested in that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not always easy to do, especially in the heat of the moment, you know, when there are differing of opinions and raised voices and, as you said, slamming of doors. It's not very easy to kind of step back and step out of yourself and take that kind of rational, okay, this is how we should handle the situation. This is better. So I think as well, don't beat yourself up. You know, if you're a parent, you're going to make mistakes. You're, you're not superhuman. You're not, you know, you're not invincible. It's it's all part of life. Kids don't come with an instruction booklet. You know, they don't. Uh, no, they don't. I don't. Now I want them even less. I was really disappointed. You know, I checked them over, looked for the label. There was nothing there. So nothing. Turned them couldn't, couldn't down. even send them back. So, yeah. yeah. But, yeah, you know, don't don't beat yourself up. You know, you, you're, you're a good human. You're doing a good job. I love that. I absolutely love that. I think you're the second gay dad on the podcast. David Bertka, Neil Patrick oh. Harris's husband, yeah. mm-hmm. I think was the first. No, no, no. Well, Cicely Sierra has two kids. All right. You're like one of three. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm in there. I'm one of them. One of three, which is beautiful, you yeah. know, uh, uh, talking about representation and, 
you know? And Yeah, because when we were in the UK, we were, we were vastly in the minority of um, gay parents who adopted. I mean, we're talking about it was, it was double digits, you know, so it was, it was that low, the amount of uh, same-sex couples who adopted. Wow. Um, so that's one thing I'm still very conscious of, and especially with, you know, adopting kids and kids who are mixed heritage as well. You, you're very conscious of how you're representing by not even representing. Mm-hmm. You know, to, to me and my husband, we're just getting on. We're doing what we're here to do, be parents. But it's every so often when you have people like yourself or even, you know, other, other bakers who are on the show, kind of we used to have conversations and it was, oh my God, what, you, what you've done or what you do is amazing. And for me, it's, it's just a case of, I don't think of myself as amazing. I'm just doing what, doing what I do. Yeah, yeah, that's that's important to hear, you know, because um, I I get that sentiment a lot, especially when like these beautiful people, uh, you know, it's few and far between, but like when they slide into my DMs with like lovely notes and whatnot, I'm like, mm. I'm just I'm just doing this because I love doing this. I love yeah. connecting with people like you, and it wasn't until somebody else slid into my DMs where saying something about like being the custodian of our stories in this way i was like wait what am i doing what Mm. and i was like oh yeah i guess i am doing that and so yeah it kind of sneaks up on you it it adds this layer and this responsibility which i which i um hold dear to my heart but at the same time i'm really here to connect and create a space for Mm. us create a space for you to tell your story you know and because we need to hear it you know Especially well, as you said, field. you never know who's listening. So, you know, one of the things I always end up thinking and try hold to myself is be that person you needed when you were younger. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if there is a kid out there who thinks, well, I'm never going to have a family of my own or I'm never going to get married or find a significant other. No, you, you can. You will. Yeah, you are. You are the personification yeah. of that. Which is amazing. What a great day and a great episode. See, total mood change. I'm see, happy I'll now. See, I, <laughs> I helped brighten your day a little bit. <laughs> Sprinkle some of that chocolate magic. Yes, yes. <laughs> that, well, what are we talking about? <laughs> In a minute. <laughs> Hey, we've moved, we've moved on from pineapple upside down cake. We we have <laughs> from, from, the, from, the moist, from the moist and crumbly section. <laughs> from the moist and crumbly, or the moist and, and delicious section. Yes. Um, how many times can I say moist and gross somebody out out there? Moist, moist. Yes. No. <laughs> Oh, my God. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for giving me of your time, taking a break from the children, and, you know, just giving me some space and connecting with me. Hopefully this isn't the last of us. Hope not. In your mouth, listeners, go follow. Oh, Gavin, give them all the handles, the alt sure, Twitter, um, you know, the dirty Twitter, whatever all, you got. All, all, the, all the avenues. <laughs> the best place to get me is on Instagram, and that's at crumbsinmybeard, YYZ. Um, if you type in crumbs in my beard, I'll probably pop up. Uh, my website is Mr. Um, at Mr. Mom's Kitchen. That's where I regularly post my recipes on there and do a little blurb if, before the recipes. But yeah, if you track me down at crumbs in my beard, YYZ on Instagram, that way then through my link tree, you can pretty much get an avenue to getting hold of me everywhere and anywhere and anyhow that I'm available. 
awesome. And I will link that out in the liner notes. Awesome. A million, a million thanks again. Thank for you so much for having coming me. Coming on with me to laugh and be ridiculous and just, you know, get, get a little inside you. Exactly. You know? <laughs> what better way to start the week? <laughs> In your mouth, <laughs> listeners, go show Gavin all the love. Listen, uh, have a great week out there. Spread some love. I will certainly announce if and when that Pride merch drops so you can, you know, support a hoe over here. And we can get it done because hopefully if I can get it done, it's going to be really cute. And that store needs a revamp anyway. Um, and that's about it, folks. Have a great week. And as always, thank you for listening to In Yo Mouth.